Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Medfield College Film Society. Tonight, we stand on the brink of a feat unparalleled in podcast exploration. But first, let's meet our society members. Our first officer, Andy Brown. How are you doing, Andy? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Got to lighten the mood around here. It's kind of dull and ominous. <laughs> But yeah, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's like a nice, dull, and ominous night. Uh, so we also <laughs> have our vital information necessary centralized hmm, mm. being Michael Crawford, I suppose. Uh, good day. <laughs> good day to you. I don't know why I did that, but good, good day. <laughs> I hope everyone is well. I wish I, I should have a little philosophical quote here to share. Truly. Uh, a little, a little axiom of some sort. We are the best. <laughs> uh, our captain, Robert McSwain. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. And Andy, keep an eye on our host. I think he's a little off tonight. He seems a little, yeah. uh, seems a little, yeah. a little twitchy. A little, uh, little dark circles <laughs> under his eyes. <laughs> Maybe he's been off by himself for a long time. Beard's getting a little crazy. My name is Jeff Crawford, and I'm ready, ready to embark on man's greatest journey. <laughs> Michael, what are we watching? Oh, tonight, 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 we are watching the 1979 Disney classic, The Black Hole. The Black Hole. Black Hole, Black Hole. Directed by Mr. Gary Nelson, written by Jerry Day and Jeb Rosebrook, produced by Mr. Ron Miller, bless his heart, and starring Maximilian Schell, Anthony Perkins, Robert Forster, Joseph Bottoms, Yvette Mimieux, Ernest Borgnine, uh, the voices of Roddy McDowell, and Slim Pickens. Uh, this is an actual cast of of people. Not, not <laughs> Disney people, but people people. Um. A lot of behind-the-scenes talent on this movie. We've got production design by Peter Ellenshaw, who was yeah. not only a Disney legend, but a Hollywood legend. Uh, he did. He came out of retirement for this, did miniature effects. Uh, his son Harrison did the matte paintings for the movie, which are spectacular. Uh, Jeff, we, we got a score by John Barry. What a dude, man. Going strong flex on the score. Yes. John Barry, he, he who did Dr. No. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And Dances with Wolves. With wolves. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Many, like a true, a true <clears throat> great. Big, yeah. Yeah. Big Bond soundtrack guy. And Monty Python. Did you know that? No. I did not know that. Yeah. He did some of the music work on Monty Python. On the Flying Circus. Yeah. We've got a lot of um, <clears throat> random names sprinkled throughout the credits. A lot of the same. It's funny to see a lot of same effects and. Uh, camera department people names on this that we would see on, say, Absent-Minded Professor, Son of Flubber. These guys stuck around a long time. Eustace Lysette being one of them we've seen on probably half the movies we've done or more. Uh, but a lot of other talent, uh, the great space artist Robert McCall, who did a lot of work for NASA and other things, he was one of the art directors. Mm. Uh, other familiar names that may pop up, uh, Christopher Disney Miller, grandson of Walt Disney, uh, as second AD. Uh, in the sound effects department, uh, 
I noticed Wayne Allwine, who would later become the voice of Mickey Mouse, right. was the sound effects editor. Also, Jimmy McDonald, who at the time was the voice of Mickey Mouse, uh, contributed special sound effects. And Jeff, our buddy George McGinnis, who we hung with one crazy night in Burbank, uh, was the designer of the robots. I saw that, and I was shocked, because that's some serious cross-pollination, as he was a guy who worked a lot with... Uh, Imagineering. You don't usually see them crossing back towards film. So impressive. Right. Most impressive. He came in and uh, did old Maximilian and uh, Bob and Vincent. What a dude he was. Quite a dude. A philosopher. Yes. Yes. Uh, this was a big movie. It had a $20 million budget, which was the most expensive Disney film to that point. Also the first Disney film with a PG rating, which was a Big deal. Big. Uh, it had been in development for a long, long time. It had originally started as a script for like a 70s-style disaster movie, like a disaster movie in space. But the script bounced around the studio for most of the decade, going through endless rewrites with many, many different writers. Uh, directors were offered the movie. They kept turning it down because the script was terrible, which would send it into further rewrites. Winston Hibbler, who we've probably mentioned before, Dude. was on to produce, and he brought in Ellen Shaw and uh, some of the other talent, but then he died about three years before the movie got made. So nobody was ever happy with the script, and it kept getting rewritten and rewritten, and I think probably in the end uh, that can be seen in the movie. For the film, Disney created its advanced ACES motion control filming system, which was kind of based on the things that ILM had done on Star Wars a couple of years before, but it was even fancier uh, equipment, even more advanced than what Lucasfilm had at the time. And the movie wound up being nominated for two Oscars, Best Cinematography and Best Visual Effects. This is like a major Ron Miller avatar, I feel like, this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were aiming high. He, I, I found an old news article from the time where he was talking about he felt Disney had lost audiences between 15 and 35. He said they had gone elsewhere. So he was really hoping this would be a film for adults that would bring them back into the Disney fold. Adults. Oh, and yet, our Andy Brown saw this movie as a child. Yep. Of uh, five years old, perhaps. Um Man, I imagine that was a, a real pleasant viewing experience for a five-year-old. <laughs> Especially, yeah, after watching it now, I'm like, what in the world? I mean, it was a different time, right? Different uh, time. But uh, you know what I really stood out to me was I, the, the robots themselves. Um, I remember that design. I remember, mm -hmm. I don't remember the names of them. I don't remember mm -hmm. like, anything about it, but I remember the look. Uh, and so as soon as I saw them show up, especially when Bob showed up, I was like, oh, I always thought that was Vincent in my in my mind. I always thought that was Vincent, and something had happened to him. Oh yeah, like he got beat up. Yeah, or I had yeah. the same yeah. memory. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we had a coloring book. Uh, we didn't have a lot of black hole stuff. There was a ton of merchandise for this movie because, I mean, in the wake of Star Wars, every sci-fi movie did a ton of merchandise, uh, and of course, we were being kids long after the sort of wave would have subsided. But we did have a black hole coloring book. So I remember the design of the robots, of course. Um, I remember Maximilian. I, I, I had seen it at some point as a kid because I was super terrified of Maximilian. 
and remember the robots. And I remembered the design of the little blasters that they get mm-hmm. because our mom had a, like a hair dryer, one of those like seventies hair dryers that was kind of shaped like that. Uh, oh yeah. So I would pretend it was one of those blasters uh, when I was real little. So yeah, I, weird little things stick in your mind. Yeah. I don't know if I may have mentioned this the last uh, the previous episode when we kind of touched on this um, movie, but yeah, I, I think I had like a record where it had a book with it with pictures. Yeah, they th- had they had that for this. We didn't have it, but yeah, that yeah. existed. Yeah, but you guys want to hear what I thought about it? Sure. Yes, sir. And this, uh, I do not think this was a good movie. <laughs> However. I really enjoyed this movie, <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, and it just scratched me where I itch. Uh, and there's just so many things about it that I really enjoy. Um, but if I had to sit back and look at it from a very critical perspective, I, I, I've got problems with it. But I still think it was a very enjoyable movie. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it at the end. But I'm I'm feeling you there. I, I get it. All right. Well, shall we proceed? You know, let's not go into the black hole, but let's go near the black hole and start with. Say say that with your like ominous sound. Do that with your like kind of scary voice. Robert, take our ship to the edge of the black hole, please, (laughs) and talk about this movie. We open to an overture, and let me let me just stop right here. This is the weirdest opening Black. we've we've done so far. You mean the I mean, best opening we've done so far? It's it's something. I, I, but almost like we're trying to be a space opera here. Uh, this goes for uh, just straight up black screen. And I thought there was something wrong with my streaming. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's exactly, yeah. I, 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 kept, having, I, I kept fast forward going, there's nothing happening. What's wrong with my TV? Did it die? And, um, I mean, in the theaters, they do this? Was this, I mean, is this how they opened Assume it? So. Yeah, a lot of big I movies, uh, epic movies back in the day had overtures. And, uh, well, I know like they had overtures, but at least they would put up like a title screen yeah, or something. Yeah, put up something. a title card or something. Yeah, you're <laughs> well, right. It's a, it's a black hole, though. I mean, it's, it's a black <laughs> screen. <laughs> I was kind of surprised. Yeah, this was like one of the last. This uh, Star Trek, the motion picture had one, too. And That's they right. were kind of like yeah. the last big movies to have this sort of thing. But. It is odd they didn't throw up a title card or something. Yeah, you're right. As the opening credits finally roll, we see some graphics. Uh, a weird, kind of odd animated grid is revealed over a space background. And it's the year 2130, day 547, in a robotic voice. 
an unusual craft floats towards us. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about these credits, though. These credits are awesome. Yeah. They're in that computer font. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that computer font. Love that, uh, like, very, very early CGI. Um, the wireframe stuff. Yeah, wireframe, like, space-time bending into a black hole. And the music, too. Music so is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's just so good. But it, it did go on that. You're right. The, the black goes on for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even wrote it. I was like, all right, enough of this already. Let's, let's like, I'm on. assuming that played as like people were like coming in, like before, like it was like, all right, now the movie's starting, you know? I'm yeah. Guessing. I was thinking like you could get up and go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> yeah. oh, the movie's getting ready to start. Let me run my popcorn refilled. Instead of yeah. like the lady coming on in the theater and telling you to like, go get a Coke or whatever, it would have this music. I do think it's really funny that, you know, Disney Plus has done some things to their movies at times, and they, they just left us in here as as is. So, and I applaud that. I applaud it. Yeah, yeah. You would have thought that, yeah, they've, they've edited other stuff. They <laughs> left that alone. So, yeah. but yeah, good for them. On the bridge, a robot by the name of Vincent has informed the crew that there's a large black hole with a strange ship in it that is identified as the long-lost USS Cygnus that vanished 20 years ago with Dr. Kate McRae's father on board. I'm eating this up at this point. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) This is cinematography, the music, everything. I say this starts off, like, really well because, uh, like, it looks great, and uh, they're even trying to do, like, zero g stuff like on the set yeah. they got like wire work and everything uh, the weightlessness looked, looked good yeah i was really impressed and I'm, I'm with you andy i was i was like i've never seen this movie before i'm going in completely cold and i mean i was i was hooked yeah i really so. like this like hologram display that they've got the black hole and the cygnus pulled up on it looks so good that looks so good yeah Agreed. i also like uh they pull out like the outlines of like other like international deep space ships and kind of like go through a few of them trying to compare it. And I like that detail. Although it was weird that Kate wouldn't recognize the Cygnus since her dad was on it, but whatever. But yeah, I'm I'm with you, Andy. This is, this is, I'm all in at this point. And I also think there's Robert Forster. He brings this kind of weight. I don't know. There's just something about him. He's very much almost like a Starfleet type of captain. Oh yeah. Yes. And you know, there was just, uh, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, this is fan- fantastic. I, I think I noticed him before I realized that was Anthony Perkins. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right. He's I'm got in. that sort of gravelly captain vibe that's real good. Yeah. Uniforms yeah. are also top notch. Super. Yes. Yeah. Epaulets. Yeah. So nice. Turtlenecks. Yeah, great with turtlenecks. <laughs> so as Andy mentioned, Robert Forrester is Captain Holland. He uh, he jumped out immediately uh, as the um, vacuum cleaner salesman from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, all right. And his uh, uh, his resume was long, and I noticed that there is uh, he was in Descendants. Ah, but, he, but well, not, not the not Descendants. The same one. Oh, yeah. the the George <laughs> right. Clooney movie. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which begs the question: Are people listening to our Descendants episodes because they think they're getting George Clooney movies? Or are they uh, just big Descendants fans? <laughs> That's true. Well, There's some food for thought. connection for yeah. you. I was looking up, I can't remember her name now, but before Yvette Mimieux was uh, cast as Kate, 
there was another actress who uh, was in that role and apparently uh, had a little drunk driving thing and wasn't able to be in the movie. But uh, her big movie before Black Hole that she would have been in was with Gary Grimes, a.k.a. Uh, Gus Fella. Oh. Oh. Wow. All right. Gus's friend. So they approach the Cygnus and discover a lot of turbulence as they come in and begin to be sucked towards the black hole. And then it suddenly stops like they're in the eye of a hurricane. And uh, how about that music score so far, Jeff? Mm. It was, it was really, it was really turning my crank. Again, the special effects, I'm, I'm impressed. 1979, they look really, really good Mm -hmm. and, and are holding up well for me here in 2021 um a lot better than the special effects in the other space movie the 1986 classic from 20th century fox space camp which (laughs) they tried to do weightlessness and it was really really bad we gotta do that uh yeah well why we're gonna we're not gonna do a yeah we wouldn't do it yeah we we had some people who could do it (laughs) be a good one to do the Palomino begins uh, to uh, tumble into the black hole as the crew struggles to gain control of the ship. Vincent exits and tries to repair the exterior. Suddenly, Vincent's tether breaks, and he begins to drift into space. Lieutenant Pizer wants to go get him, but Captain Holland isn't having it. In a slightly overdramatic shot of a mechanical claw losing <laughs> grasp of the bulkhead door of <laughs> the ship. Yeah. Vincent begins to tumble into space, but he manages to launch what looks like a high-voltage plug uh, that some prop guy used, uh, and uh, he's able to uh, grab a hold of the ship and hang on for dear life. Uh, The Palomino is able to break the pull of the black hole, and the Cygnus suddenly lights up like a Christmas tree. Which was... So amazing. Looks so Great. cool. It looks like yeah. the Great. Eiffel Tower or something. It's like really cool looking. Yeah. So Dr. Alex Durant is skeptical that there might be people on board. And can we talk about the models that they used? Yes. I mean, they looked so good. I was like, I couldn't believe how detailed mm-hmm. and yeah. believable yeah. All of that was. I was like, well, that's fantastic. I mean, can you imagine how much work it would, because it's built, I mean, like Jeff said, like the Eiffel Tower, it's this really kind of 19th century spaceship at, with all like kind of beams, cross beams everywhere. And like the whole thing is lit up uh, from the inside. And the amount of work that must have been just to get all that detail in there must have been crazy. Yeah. yeah. Good they stuff. Managed- they manage to dock the Palomino and find Vincent waiting for them in the glass walkway they conveniently uh, docks with their ship, like uh, some sort of airport gateway. We learned a very important fact in the, the trauma and turbulence is that Kate and somehow Vincent both have ESP powers. Yeah, right. Okay. And there's an amazing music cue when they mention it, too. It's just like ESP. <laughs> yeah, that, that was kind of lost on me until the very the very end. Um, Same here. I'm not sure yeah. how a robot has ESP, but uh, <laughs> oh, it's all uh, science he, in the future. When, when the Michael. robot gets the ESP, his eyes get sparkly. Yeah, he gets little sparkles right. in his eyes. <laughs> oh, okay. I, even though I thought the 
the robots were cool and very memorable. They they kind of also looked. I don't know. There was something about the design, like the I think it's the eyes that yeah. threw me off. Uh, yeah. The eyes are yeah. really comical to me. Yeah. It's like um, like Japanese kawaii like anime robots, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Well, the story there's a story here that uh, George, the guy who designed them, uh, told that originally the design that he designed for the robots was that their eyes would be, you know, like those kind of like ticker things you see on like train schedule boards or like stock oh, yeah, things yeah. that, that it like is kind of segmented in the middle and it can kind of flip up or down to like okay. change the thing. Uh, it would have different expressions to like, I mean, to convey different expressions like angry eyes and scared eyes or whatever. And it would have that sort of analog effect, but it made so much noise and didn't really work very well. So they nixed it on the set. So they would have been like more expressive eyes. I thought that would have been kind of a cool little effect, but it just didn't come off. Yeah. So inside the airport gate, a strange white light comes on and lasers shoot the weapons out of the hands of the captain and uh, takes a shot at Vincent, knocking him down but not for the full count, as he points out. The exit, uh, pardon me, they exit the gate into a large blip hanger looking place. Uh, Pizer uh, stays behind to guard the ship when a group of red robots emerge and march towards the Palomino. <laughs> now, Pizer, is it what, Pizer? Is that Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. He, didn't yeah. He, he like, he's kind of a doofus. Yeah, he yeah. Is. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He has his little blaster. He's like, he twirls it or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's <laughs> doing a little like, uh, what are you doing, yeah. you dork? <laughs> but I will say, they're build the the mood that this is building. I mean, it is like it is a big question mark about what all this is the whole time. And it, yeah. it feels like a mystery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the crew continues to explore the ship as doors uh, seem to magically open, leading them into new areas of the ship. They come upon a strange Wedway people mover like uh-huh. yes. uh, device with four seats perfect for the four of them and room for Vincent. You know, this is all giving me major like Bond villain lair design. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hollowed out volcano here. The people mover heads down the glass tube towards what appears to be a control tower. Again, they blindly go into an elevator that opens, taking them to the control tower. The elevator opens to reveal a room full of dark figures moving around. Man, this matte shot is the bomb. It's so good. This is like the real, I mean, the art design of this place is nuts. Like you could have that establishing shot when they come out and they're like the, the figures are like, they're like these kind of glowing. There's like an orange one and a blue one, these sort of giant spheres of something. And, uh, I mean, you could put that into like a modern movie and you probably, nobody would notice because it looks like so good. Yeah. People would notice the, uh, the red like soldier bots. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I wish they didn't do, they do like 70s, like mime person robot yes, moves. Yes, they do. It's like and, the yes. toy soldier adjacent, but even like more 70s. Yeah. It would be so much better if they didn't do that and have like the tin man clanking noises when they. Yes. Walk. 
uh, if they left that out because they look good, but they it's look just, good. But yeah, it's, it's the corny acting. like yeah, like a stop motion movements that kill it. Yeah, yeah I think if their movements had been like more still, it, they would have made them more scary. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kate calls out to see if her father is aboard, and they realize they're all robots moving around and not people. Suddenly, a large red robot emerges wielding two blender blades as weapons. <laughs> Natural. Yeah. The crew freezes when they hear another human voice in the shadows who knows the names of all the crew. <laughs> Harry Booth recognizes him as Dr. Hans Reinhardt. He informs Kate that her father has passed. Yeah, but but the reveal of Reinhardt is oh, yeah. one of the great moments of this movie. He's lurking hard. He is it's like he was sitting there watching TV on the couch in the dark. And it's then all unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I like, died yes. laughing. It's, Hello, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Here I am in the dark, looking at the black hole. I've been watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Reinhardt says the ship was disabled in a meteorite shower. Reinhardt and Kate's father remained behind, and the crew tried to escape and vanished. 20 years have passed, and Reinhardt created a crew of robots. Charlie shows up with the robot goon squad. I like how... Um like we've heard the backstory from Harry, like when they're back on the Palomino, he kind of gives the exposition dump of, you know, how this was a like Reinhardt basically tricked Congress into funding this mission. And they spent a lot of tax dollars on sending out this probe. It was all his big dream project. Everybody thought he was crazy, but he like has the ultimate will to like, you know, talk people into stuff. So I love like the repeated references to the movie about, you know, it took a lot of tax dollars to build this one. <laughs> I'm just cracking up this whole time. Remembering, uh, this is a very adjacent, the Ernest Borgnine as the centurion and Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> <laughs> Truly this man was the son of God. <laughs> I, I think because Ernest Borgnine's in this and, the fact that I don't know, there was I just got strong mystery science theater vibes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. oh, yeah, the uh, Merlin shop of robots. mystical wonders, exactly. Yeah, that, and then you know, he's built, he's built all his robot friends. Uh, I guess oh, he just yeah. used spare parts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, even the ship kind of has a little bit of a it does, it's like yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. I like that in this scene, he's uh, Reinhardt's talking about, you know. They're caught in the, you know, the the forces of the black hole, and he's holding it off, and he compares it to a Mexican standoff. Yes. yes. Which I thought was great. <laughs> I was really blown away Quentin by that Quentin Tarantino line. saw this and was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> Very straight ahead delivery of that line. It's just, as you say, Mexican standoff. <laughs> Reinhardt offers to allow them to stay as his guests. The captain says they just need to get their ship fixed so they can be heading home. Offering to take Reinhardt with them, but he seems uninterested despite living on the edge of a black hole. He tells them they have developed an anti-gravity force to maintain their position on the edge of the black hole. <laughs> All right, can I ask a question? Where is... Like, where's Reinhardt supposed to be from? Like, 
What's that accent? It's German. It's German. Okay. <laughs> he was in the movie The Freshman, and um, oh, and so he that's plays, the actor's. That's his accent. Oh yeah, and, yeah. He's, 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 he plays oh. almost the same character in, in, in The Freshman. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's yeah. He's not doing a whole lot of uh, accent work. He's that's him talking English, yeah. German. He was in and, like Judgment at Nuremberg and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That yeah. explains a lot. <laughs> Vincent and the blender blade robot Maximilian face off leading Captain Holland to yell at Reinhardt to call off his robot Reinhardt snaps back oh my ship uh, yeah. wait wait <laughs> uh, it's me uh, I'm trying to like I, I wrote it like because I wanted to be able to do the accent but now I can't remember what I wrote on Mesa my ship, you... okay I got it now so Reinhardt snaps back on my ship, you ask, prompting Holland to say, please, followed by a warning to Kate to be careful. Mm. Harry, which also, we get a nice cut of, of Reinhardt's, you know, looking like, oh, what, what did they say? What are they talking about over there? Did I, did I hear you say something? <laughs> Harry asked if the ship was repaired, did he not return to Earth like uh, he was ordered? Calling it an act of piracy, Reinhardt says that if they had told Columbus to return right after he found the New World, Harry wouldn't even exist. The ends justify the means. Yep. We shall see. And that wraps up Act One. Please, consider yourselves my guests. We won't impose on your hospitality, Doctor. Just long enough to repair our ship. And then we can offer you the means of returning to Earth, Doctor. What makes you think I want to return? The Cygnus is in danger of being destroyed here. Yes, your captain was worried about that too. One step too far. And we are done. Meanwhile, down below, the others are being taken by Maximilian via a bridge that crosses a great open space. They see robots gearing up. But for what? We should also mention that Maximilian's has like one noise he does, which really oh. made me laugh throughout the whole thing. It's like a synthesizer. You're like, <laughs> but I, I love that when they're is when they're first going down from the bridge on the turbo lift, uh, and. Maximilian and like Vincent are still kind of facing off. Yes. And Maximilian flexes by turning upside down for some reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Look what I can do. It's a strange flex. And then, yeah. It's a weird flex. <laughs> Vincent follows this the whole way. But yeah, it's that is a weird moment of like really softening Maximilian for me. Yeah. It's like from then on and that and that I just, just couldn't take it very seriously. <laughs> I just don't know why he did that. It was like a trick like a dolphin would do or something. It's like, oh, I, you make me mad. I stand on my head. I go upside down. I'll show you. I will turn upside down. Look what I can do. Uh, down at the uh, parts acquisition area, Vincent meets another robot, older model like himself that was programmed in Houston. But he is mute and shaking in fear as Max... A million watches on. It's a real Herbie vibe. Yes. With the shaky metal. Very Herbie. Scared metal yes. shaky. It's also got like a, a touch of like Wally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, yeah for yeah, sure. Definitely. 
Or maybe Wally has a touch of this. No, no, I, I like how he's just kind of like propped up at that table, and Maximilian comes in and just clocks him, <laughs> knocks him <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, uh, the, I mean, the rest of this act is a whole upstairs, downstairs thing. Uh, we go back upstairs. Reinhardt is showing off his new power source. As soon, all will be revealed. A lot of ominous promises here. Mm. Big Captain Nemo vibes from the power source oh, thing. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. This yeah. is just the beginning I mean, I was, of the Captain Nemo the vibes. Whole, the whole movie, yeah. There's a lot of Captain Nemo vibe. I even thought the ship looked like a sub, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Harry manages to sneak off from this riveting conversation, which I, you know, it seems like they would notice he was gone, but. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it in the most, like, just like, let me. Let me jump through this thing here and That's hide right. behind the Whoop. in the crawl yeah. space. <laughs> right. yeah. I couldn't figure out what Harry was, what, what his role was. I mean, to have a cool sweater. <laughs> yeah, sweater uh, sweater technician. He's got one of those sweaters <laughs> from the planet no, the Mandalorian went to with all yes. the uh, yes. water aqua people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like later, they they don't talk about what he does, but it, like towards the end. Uh, Reinhardt's busting like you still writing the stories for your magazine or something right. like that. Yeah. Journalist. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a writer or it's like a civilian something. Institutional yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Like I yeah, assumed he'd be weird. like the engineer or something, but he's apparently like their press agent. Yeah. He's got a Scotty <laughs> he's got a Scotty vibe. He him. does have a Scotty vibe. Yes. I gotta yes. see this place out here. I gotta see this black hole. That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> I, I, gotta write I bet about it's it. not that big. Yeah, but it's not. <laughs> How black can a black hole be? Space yeah. is black. Come on. I've seen blacker. <laughs> like that black hole, you're pouring our tax money down. <laughs> oh, so also sneaking off is the captain who is riding a cool little cart people mover thing and sees a bizarre funeral procession looking event in the middle of the ship done by the robed robots. Spooky. He gets off and goes and looks through some abandoned quarters in the ship, going through old uniforms. I mean, just chilling. But uh, these, yeah, these quarters and all that, very uh, of the era. Very vibey. Also, yeah. really, the design, like, because it's a lot of map paintings and, like, long shadows, reminded me of Forbidden Planet from the 1950s, that mm-hmm. same kind of wow. vibe. Uh, but also him going into the quarters and going through the closet reminded me of the wonderful Next Generation episode, The Royale. <laughs> God, I don't remember that one. Where uh, they're in the in the little casino bubble on the planet. And yes. uh, the, yes. the astronaut had been stuck there and his, his little spacesuit was in the closet of his little hotel room. <laughs> the serious callback, yeah. Yeah. Holland comes to a building that looks like a chapel. I mean, a room. He comes to a room that looks like a chapel. I mean, it's really cool. Sees a bunch of these black-clad robots launching a coffin-shaped object into space to great fanfare. What is going on here, guys? They did it before uh, Star Trek did it. That's right. Spock, yeah. With that sunglasses case. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) That was a good Seinfeld reference. (laughs) Just then the blast door opens and, uh, you know, you got Max right there. It's <laughs> found Holland. It's kind of odd because Holland just kind of like walks around him. It's just like, oh, got the wrong room. 
<laughs> and it's like, you can yeah, really feel a, how annoyed he is too. He's like that little vroom. Like, yep, yeah, tick. it conveys so much. It really Vroom. does. Yeah, but uh, Dan is like, he's rubbing it into Vincent this whole time. Like he's oh. taking shots at Vincent or Maximilian. Sorry, at Maximilian yeah. left and right. Yeah, Maximilian is yeah. All he can do is turn upside down to get his revenge. <laughs> to show off. <laughs> oh, so Harry is looking around the ship and finds another robed character, these robed robots, at what appears to be an incredible organ. I mean, it looks like they're yeah. just about to wail on the organ. But this robot appears to be operating a greenhouse on the other side of the glass. Uh, Harry asks if the robot can speak and gives this long, really uncomfortable stare into its mirrored face surface where you can see his reflection. He's uh, doing it, like really hard, ugly American, like impersonate, uh, speak English. <laughs> it's <yeah>. like, <laughs> if I say it louder, you'll understand. Do you speak? <laughs> Do you speak? Let me get you in think, your face. You'd think by 21 30 whatever this is that they would have gotten past that yeah exactly oh man yeah he says this may be a little too real reinhardt loves to play god there's another uh, centurion moment for him man what is going on here so mysterious very i mean how do they make robots like that the other ones are walking around like little toy soldiers i don't get it when the other one's floating around going Vroom. <laughs> a lot of different Wrong. robots, a lot of different kinds of robots on this show. Yeah. Well, you got 20 years in your hands. You, yeah, you want to mix right. it up a little bit. I, mean. I, I didn't like those robots. I want to build some different robots that are better. Today, we're going to make robots <laughs> that are red. I'm going to make one that floats around and has blender, blender wheels. And then it. Uh, I want to be it, able to make smoothies. <laughs> It has a it has a pleather outside pleather <laughs> covering <laughs> with the stitching. I want to see one like Rosie from the Jetsons. He's got an attitude. Comes back, comes by. The, by. Don't mind me. <laughs> he finds her in like the quarters. She's still cleaning up. Yeah, the, yeah. the guys aren't there anymore. Then there's got to be like a Jawa, like you know, ship or you know, crawler room of like discarded robots too that yeah oh, those are my previous experiments they it's did not work out too volatile begging to be killed yeah, yeah. <laughs> kill me <laughs> yeah i like uh, n my new uh head now is that maximilian was originally like the uh smoothie bar guy <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he overtook. Like, Would you uh, like a peach down smoothie? By the, pool, the cabana by the pool, and uh, <laughs> he made that delicious. <laughs> Your smoothie's ready. <laughs> Your smoothie is ready. I put extra strawberries in just for you. <laughs> <laughs> you love, I, you know, I Thanks, love Hans. strawberries, Max. <laughs> That Hans, he's great. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> what a nice guy. <laughs> oh, man. So, meanwhile, Holland is back with the robots acquiring parts. He says to Charlie that the robots were treating whatever was in the box with the reverence of a human body. But what is it? Holland and Charlie drop 
off Vincent with a bunch of other robots having target this was practice. Weird. <laughs> it's like he needs a babysitter or something. I don't Here's know. Here's your play date. Got to keep the robots busy. You stay with your own kind. <laughs> Robot. Your droids. They're not welcome here. <laughs> and uh, this is where Vincent really comes into his own. He says he hates the company of robots. Uh, but he also runs into his counterpart, who we learn is named Bob, which <laughs> is too good. And, of course, Slim Pickens doing the voice. Slim Pickens, an amazing voice actor. Um, but, I mean, Roddy McDowell's Vincent, right? Yes. And so that voice worked really well. But Slim Pickens, I don't know what the choice. I, mean, I don't understand why they picked that Sam, it was the seventies, Andy. Aren't you uh, a shot so. for sore eyes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but you're right, Roddy McDowell. Like I love, I love Vincent. Roddy McDowell's great. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, but the reason, in reality, is because he was programmed in Houston. Yeah, uh, that's how they do it go. in Houston. Oh. Everybody sounds like Slim Pickens. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's right. <laughs> to control. all of our Houston listeners, we apologize. Yeah. Houston, we got a problem. What <laughs> is it? What's the problem? That's well, how, that's tarnation. How Siri. What? <laughs> Siri. What is it? <laughs> yeah, Houston What's Siri. That, they have to program it differently. Uh, so Bob claims that the robot, the self-appointed leader of the group, uh, this. <laughs> Black clad robot, but robot, who is named Star. He is, um, he, he was a prototype of Reinhardt's Sentry robots and the most powerful before Maximilian came along from the bar downstairs and started becoming an evil robot. Uh, I was Bob, getting Tron vibes right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bob says he beat this robot in target practice once and he did terrible things to him. So. That probably explains his uh, <laughs> his little crazy. What uh, happened exterior. to you, Bob? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> they did things to me that I can't even talk about. <laughs> this is a Disney movie for crying out loud. <laughs> it shatters my circuits just to think about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back upstairs, Reinhardt is having the humans from the crew up to dinner. No robots, please. And he is really now in full Captain Nemo mode. He has this red outfit with a medal. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, That's awesome. He, I, I couldn't tell if he was drunk or he was like trying to play drunk or if he was like legitimately like hammered on set. Maybe. Because like he was having trouble getting his lines out. And uh, it was really cracking to, me up uh, in these scenes here. Do this outfit for Halloween. Oh, oh yeah. Halloween is cosplay. I mean, yes. That's yeah. That's a great one. And that, yeah, the interior design is really bizarre. It's like, you know, chandeliers, crystal, and this like real 70s kind of greenish formal wooden paneling in the middle of the mm. spaceship. Mm -hmm. He's got concept art of his own spaceship on the wall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice touch. So as they're talking, it starts to appear that Dr. Durant wants to stay and learn from Reinhardt. He's definitely drinking the Kool-Aid. Reinhardt mm -hmm. says, We stand on the verge of a brink of a feat unparalleled in space exploration. 
and he plans to travel where no man has dared to go in, through, and beyond the black hole. Harry says, that's crazy. Impossible. Still wearing the sweater, by the way. He's just, mm-hmm. uh, just it's looking. dinner sweater. <laughs> that's right. I think it was right here. It was in this scene, that, but they did an outside, sh- like an external shot, and they panned up to the dining room. And, mm-hmm. and, and you could see the, like, the actors moving around inside as, the, as, they, as they pushed in on it. Yes. And that blew my mind. That was a great <laughs> shot. Yes. Yes. I mean, there were movies that came out much later than this that didn't do stuff like that well. Is that the uh, aces? And one of the, like the motion control things yeah. they had, yeah, aces. They also had a motion control. I mean, aces was for models and stuff, but they also had a motion control camera they invented for matte paintings, so you could film live actors and then move the camera on them and still fit it into matte paintings. That was a wild shot. Yeah, yeah. Harry says that's crazy, impossible. Reinhardt says the word impossible is only found in the dictionary of fools. It's a good burn. <laughs> yeah. Suck it, Harry. Going back downstairs where Bob is going up against star and Vincent is really cracking me up with his like hubris. Like we, we are the best. We're the best. Yeah. The best robots. We're the best. It's like <laughs> robot racism. Our <laughs> <It's laughs> is superior in every way. And as a viewer, if I had to, to pick which one was yeah. more like advanced based off purely how they look, I would be like, well, Star is definitely more advanced than you. That's <laughs> the way the robot yeah, He's got a little robot metal even. He's got his yeah. own metal. Yeah. I mean, the features on Vincent, I mean, are just never ending. You know, he's got it oh, all. Yeah. He's got ESP for one. Yeah. But um, so Bob goes up against Star, and uh, Star cheats a little. He he rubs him, you know, bumps him a little bit. Bob throws the match, and Vincent approaches Star and challenges him. So we get this kind of absurd shooting match where they're shooting with, as Michael said, the little hair dryer looking things. Uh, or at least Star is, and they're chasing these balls. Vincent versus Star. Vincent eventually bumps Star like Star bump Bob, flips over, shoots a shot that ricochets back and kills Star in a very odd fashion. It's like, oh, is he dead? Oh, I guess he's going to die. And he's like joking about it. He's like, yeah. ha ha, got I am, you. We are the best. We're the best. And Bob comes up, up and quietly him. tells Vincent to meet him in parts storage. Now, this was weird to me. Because <laughs> Bob, Bob's got some tea to spill that is f- critical information. Very important, yes. So yeah. why does he wait through prolonged shenanigans and multiple scenes before he spills said tea? Because this is information that they really need to know. Yeah. Like right like, off the bat. Well, Vince is like way, showboating, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and Star though. I mean, when Star like wins and does this like laugh, almost like it's celebrating. That's just weird. It's, it's that mime stuff, man. It's that seventies like little uh, robot cowboy like gun twirl thing. Yeah, yeah. And holsters his. We really need you to show without using words that you have. You are excited that you won. Okay, go. Yeah, it looks like some Make sort sure of it's robotic character from like the early Power Rangers series. Or yes. 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 yes, there you yes. go. That's Same it. Same thing. 
I've also point out not to go just overboard with next generation references, but isn't there an episode where they have a little shooting gallery that's just like this? Yes, I remember that with glowing I mean, dots. Yes, yeah. I do remember that. I was also thinking the uh, like what's the game? The episode where the guy, the gamer guy, has his things tied to his fingers and he's like moving them really quickly. Oh yeah, distracted. <laughs> I was also J-Mai. getting that feel too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we go back upstairs where uh, Reinhardt continues to discuss flying into the black hole. And also the green screen effect, right at this point now, you can really see the halo around each mm. character as they walk past it. Mm-hmm. It became more noticeable at this point, I think. Uh, Maximilian interrupts dinner, and Reinhardt quickly leaves, claiming <laughs> that the probe ship is returning from the black hole. We go back downstairs. Bob and Vincent meet up, and Bob is more talkative. Finally, he says he has a lot to catch Vincent up on, as Michael said. It says the visitors are in great danger. This is a death ship. A death ship. It's a death ship. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Up at dinner, the humans are starting to wonder whether or not Reinhardt has lost it, which, I mean, did that even need to be debated before? <laughs> really? you know, it's yeah. like he's sitting in the dark with, like, what? Yeah, this guy is clearly not well. But, uh, you know, Alex, the doctor, is defending him because he's drunk with Kool-Aid. Harry suggests they take the ship and return back home. Sounds like a good idea. Meanwhile, Bob takes Vincent into a huge room where he reveals that the hooded crew is really a group of humans. The remains of the crew kept alive by unknown methods. And we see them going around a turntable receiving these laser injections pretty disturbing set here yeah, yeah this is spooky stuff for real human conveyor belts because they're like in these yeah these like circular they're multiple circular conveyor belts and they've got their sort of little mummy hollow in each one and uh, they're all getting zapped on the faceplate. Because this is this is a time when lasers could be used for anything. You just like, yeah. all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> injection of laser injection. Shades of uh, Snopes throne room here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Bob and Vincent are caught by another group of robots and shots are fired. Of course, Bob and Vincent are the best. So they take care of them and dispose of their parts. And now they're on the run. The humans continue to debate upstairs whether or not to leave or stay. Holland and Charlie leave to reboard the Palomino. Kate has received a message via ESP from Vincent saying to come back. ESP. Reinhardt returns and is irritated that they left, but charges Alex with observing and recording the moment of flying into the black hole. Reinhardt seems to think he's going to live forever and gives a very creepy speech. So hmm. he's not well. He is making a lot of unfounded assumptions about what goes on in a black hole. Yes. Like suddenly everybody thinks that God is in the black hole or something. Right. Yeah. That leap is confusing. <laughs> well, it's got to be somewhere. Know, right? It's, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey in a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's some sort of vortex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the black hole, by the way, looks so cool during the whole yeah, it movie. Does. It looks so awesome. I think it's just a really cool looking thing. Great effect. Yeah. But yeah, they think that like God and infinite knowledge and everything else and infinite life is all in a black hole, which is like, 
I don't see how you find that in the math, but okay. Yes. <laughs> Back on the Palomino, Bob tells a story, finally, that an officer tried to take control of the ship, but Reinhardt killed him, took control of the ship, captured the crew, and made them into the robot hood people, which explains the funeral. The captain says, let's go get Kate and Alex back. Tell Kate via the ESP, let's get out of here. And so we go on to the stunning conclusion of the black hole. Alex, I will not have you throwing your life away for this. He can do it. I know he can. Oh, God, Alex. There's an entirely different world beyond that black hole. A point where time and space, as we understand it, no longer exists. We will be the first to see it, to explore it, to experience it. Damn it all, Dan. If we wait for Alex, we may be too late. Don't you see? He's hypnotized by that man. Vincent. Yes, Captain. Tell Kate we want her back here fast, with or without Alex. Tell her why. So there's some, some really good shots in, in Act Two, with specifically with Reinhardt, and I think there's like the uh, near the end there's a low, a really low angle. Yes. And, uh, and, I, and I thought this is, I mean, I was really digging the cinematography now, and it just showing a really good his descent into madness at that point. Yeah, uh, there were there were a number of really good shots in this movie. Uh, that was one of them that stuck in my head. Uh, just uh, you know, I. I mean, this did get a, nominated for an Oscar for cinematography, so that makes sense. Uh, there are just some good shots where they're even around sitting around the control panel at the beginning of the movie. They've got this real wide angle shot. Got Kate in the foreground, close foreground, and uh, Alex is in the far background. The way it's framed is really, I don't know, it's really sci-fi interesting kind of stuff. So they get in some really kind of cool moody shots in this throughout. Uh, so how does... The fact that they're robots ex- or used to be humans, how does that explain the funeral? That's I don't understand. I was like, okay, I know if they were humans who were left and they would have a funeral, but it's like robots having a funeral for another. But they're robot. not robots, they're but humanoids. They're people. They're more machine now than man, <laughs> but still man and it just, catatonic. It, it, yeah, I guess it just it. It almost it didn't add up. I don't know. Well, I just thought like they're orthodox robots. The funeral (laughs) thing was just kind of a slight slight detour, but it was really cool looking detour. Yeah, it looked awesome. Well, it's like the other one. Harry notices like the one that's got a limp. So they're obviously still like meaty people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, most of the non meaty kind. Yeah, Yeah, with robot brains, I guess. I don't know. It just seems strange that they would still want to carry out the r- rituals of a funeral if they were kind of brainless. Hey, man, some software you can't override. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Hey, oh, amen. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> so back on the bridge, Reinhardt's making preparations to go into the black hole. He is ready. 
uh, Alex wants to go with him. He's like, if you will allow a humble man to go with you, I will go. But I have uh, a question. He's like speaking out of the corner of his mouth now. Did that happen the entire movie? It's like he all of a sudden he has was like a stroke that you don't see. Yeah, it's like he had a stroke. It's like, oh, can I come with you too? It's like, Shafe, hello? Happened? You mind if I go with you into that yeah. black hole out there? <laughs> G Willikers. Yeah, so he's he's game to go, but Kate gets uh, a little ESP message from Vincent. Because uh, she's not doing anything else. She's just standing in the she's background. Just, doing she's nothing. just watching. <laughs> Wallpaper. Uh, she finds out Palomino is ready to go, and it is time to skedaddle out of there. Uh, she tries to plead with Alex to leave, but he is really psyched about exploring whatever it is they think is on the other side of the black hole. There is something out there, and they're going to find it. Uh, back on the ship, Harry is agitating to leave Alex behind. He is he wants to go. Uh, it says, just cut, cut and run. Uh, tells Dan Alex has been hypnotized by the devil <laughs> Reinhardt. And uh, Dan agrees. Says, uh, Vincent, upload the details of the mutiny to Kate. And uh, tell her to get back to the ship with or without Alex. So Vincent uh, sparkles a little and Kate gets the message and is suitably freaked out. Uh, the Cygnus continues to power up. Uh, Harry, Harry's still beefing about how they need to leave immediately. But uh, Kate kind of pulls Alex aside. Uh, she does a little, uh, you know, a little dipsy do like, oh, let me talk about that. You remember that conference we had recently? Yeah. Where, uh, 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 yeah. That's really uh, relevant right now. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Remember that convo we were having about... <laughs> uh, this spooks Alex, and uh, Reinhardt kind of kind of comes over and gives Kate a, like, what are you doing, Kate? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, while he's kind of chewing her out, Alex goes over to one of the drones and takes off the mirrored faceplate. And inside is a spooky mummy man. Ah! Oh, this man. guy is spooky. Super time machine vibes here. Yes. Very time machine. And he does a creepy, like, rattly exhale. Um, I'm just glad I don't remember this from my childhood because I oh, would have been I scarred. Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> and this... Uh, this and something else is to come where the, the main things I remember from the movie, but this really messed me up. Yeah. Uh, but I love, like, he does that, and Alex is like, whoa. And Reinhardt has a great take. Yes, yeah, like, the great read here. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, not even like ominous. It's like, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Uh, he's like, what are you doing? Uh, tells Alex, uh, the crew, they would all be dead by now anyway. He did what he had to do. I mean, it's it was a really smart thing he did. Anyway, don't you appreciate that? Uh, they'd all be dead. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> suddenly, Reinhardt kind of gets gets amps up the spookiness a little bit more, and kind of starts talking to himself. Alex and Kate. Alex has finally seen enough. He and Kate make for the turbo <laughs> lift with Reinhardt's like folio of observations or whatever. It's his like Grail diary, uh, except supersized. Uh, he's he's been scrapbooking. Maximilian is clued in on what's going on though, and he shuts the door 
to the turbo lift before Kate and Alex can get on. And he comes swooping down with claws out, and he's us freaking guts Alex right yeah. through the book, oh, right yeah. through the belly. Didn't see that coming. Yeah, I started laughing when he whirly gigged through the book because, like, take this high book. And he, like, really, he just went straight into Alex. Just right elbow deep into did Alex. Did not see that coming in a Disney movie. Anthony Perkins really sells it, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. he does. He, I mean, he's so great. I mean, he he's up for anything. Yeah, for those of you who had not seen this before, did not remember, uh, I need reactions to this. <laughs> Uh, oh man gosh i mean <laughs> it was it was disturbing yeah yeah it it caught yeah it really it disturbed me <laughs> was, like i said i was laughing and then i was like oh oh my gosh like, what yeah. in the world? <laughs> and maximilian i mean he didn't he just went straight at him wait I mean, that's when Reinhardt should be like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop! <laughs> yeah, Maximilian is kind of freelancing at this point. Also, like, Alex, after he gets scrambled, uh, he kind of falls down the Death Star shaft and sets yeah. off, like, all these electrical explosions on the way down. He's uh, He's gone for good. It did make me wonder, who's was it a, a trick or a trick on the viewers to make it seem as if Reinhardt was running things when really Maximilian was really running things? I don't know. It just gave me that vibe of who's really in charge here. We, is it? we really start to get that vibe in, yeah. this, mm-hmm. in this scene that uh, but Reinhardt's not as in charge as he would purvey. In a, exactly. Yeah, because Reinhardt calls Maximilian out for killing Alex. He's like, you shouldn't have done that, you naughty boy. <laughs> Uh, but then he goes over and grabs Kate and begs her to save him from Maximilian. He's like, save me from Maximilian. <laughs> um, right. So he's, and that's, she's okay. just like, really what? <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I got a dog he can kill. Where's that arrowhead you gave me? <laughs> Give me that arrowhead back. Don't blend the dog. <laughs> Go over there with that dog over there. What's wrong with that Batman robot? Make me a, a, a smoothie. This water's been hanging a while. Give me a blender. <laughs> yeah, Kate's not having it. She's, and some sentries show up in the elevator behind her and do the hand on the shoulder grab. And uh, Reinhardt's, well, if you're not going to help me, then take her off to the hospital. Uh. Doesn't sound good. So Reinhardt radios Palomino very subtly, says, oh, go ahead and take off. Alex and Kate are staying on board with me. Everything's fine here. Uh, how are you? How are you? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> Everything's fine. Uh, Vincent, of course, is Wi-Fi enabled, so he knows the truth. And uh, Dan dashes off to save Kate. Uh, Reinhardt turns the Cygnus towards the black hole. Cranks the yeah, cranks the enunciator full ahead right into the black hole, uh, but at the same time, there's a lot going on. The dead sentries have been discovered that uh, Bob and Vincent killed, and that apparently is enough for Reinhardt. Reinhardt, although I love <laughs> the sentry who found the other dead sentries, conveys this information by going to like the um, 
Nest camera or whatever Reinhardt has stationed around the <laughs> ship and like holds up the broken robot head to the camera. Like, can you believe this? Can you believe? I told you, Cap. Yeah, Reinhardt says it's time to liquidate the visitors. You don't oh, yeah. shoot up his robots and get away with it. Yeah, liquidate the guys. So he has his drones fire the thrusters and head towards the black hole. Uh, meanwhile, in the hospital, Kate is in a uh, baked potato costume because <laughs> they're going to turn her into a drone. Uh, they've got her all foiled up, got her little noggin all foiled up. Uh, she's in her little space blanket. And then Dan busts in. He shoots all the sentries and... He does some minor league swashbuckling as some Which, very triumphant music plays. That's like, yeah, they bring yeah, back that does. opening credits that, music. And the it, music was a little off. I, I agree. Was, I agree. It feels a little like bizarre. It's, the music but, is definitely overselling what is going on. <laughs> it's too happy. It is yeah. way too happy. Yeah. True. And a little like calm. I mean, it's grand, but it's not like it's like <laughs> very much in, in a in a like a, a major key kind of yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> like and she's still on like the conveyor belt and getting lasered and like, right. screaming and it's like yeah no. so, the laser looked a little like a hand animation and that was kind of yeah interesting. I'm sure it was there was a lot of hand I noticed. Um, a lot of times when Vincent would put out his little ball feet yeah. and to like magnetize himself to things, they would do like hand animation on that mm -hmm. to like for little electrical zaps. Uh, anyway, uh, Dan rescues baked potato Kate and uh, Bob and Vincent nuke the remaining drones and blow up the console. They're just kind of going wild. Right. Let me ask a question. Saving everybody. So when, when Captain Holland rescues Kate, they embrace each other and they kind of kiss. Yeah, he gives her a little smoochy, but it's on like, the are, cheek. Are it's, yeah, it was weird. It's like that should have gone one way or the other. Like yes. it was like a weird middle ground of like he like kind of looks at her and then like kisses her on the cheek. It's like it's the hmm. equivalent of someone giving like a high five and then the other yeah. person putting out their fist and they don't. <laughs> yeah, do. it felt like that. It did feel like that. And then they switch. Weird moment. Weird moment. And she's all kind of sweaty and like traumatized. Yeah, she's just been lasered in the head. You know, got lasered in their baked potato head. Yeah. Oh man. Like, yeah. That I'm so glad you mentioned that because I I totally forgot to mention that, and that is an odd odd moment. Um, back on the Palomino, even Charlie, he's getting a little lancy. He's kind of eyeing the launch button and kind of like, hmm, maybe I could go. Uh, Harry's Harry's really ready to leave. Uh, Dan and Kate are trying to escape from the hospital area with the robots, but sentries have been placed everywhere, and they are very trigger-happy. They do a little dipsy-doo, uh, dressing up in the little monk robes, but then they get discovered, and there's a lot of pew-pew back and forth. Um, the sentries line up across the bridge in that sort of main giant central atrium space, uh, this is very sort of uh, cops trying to keep the Blues Brothers from going somewhere yes. vibe with the lined up sentries um, all shooting. There's a lot of pew pew. But the energy just isn't there for me. No, 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 no. Yeah, they're, it, this movie's losing me quick here at this point. I'm, yeah. I'm really starting to get get a little. 
there's a lot of big, big music and a lot of pew pew, but I mean, the centuries are so stiff yeah. and they all kind of do in robot posture. There's a really awkward blue screen moment of Vincent and Bob trying to draw the centuries into a crossfire. They do this kind of like hand in hand slingshot maneuver or something, uh, but they succeed uh, as they're, but right after they succeed, a dying century kind of wings Bob uh, with his laser before he gets killed. So it's a shootout, not very exciting shootout. It would be really interesting to see just what, how different the movie would be if the robots acted normal, like, and didn't do the yes. weird stiff robot thing. Yeah, because it's kind of like they're lined up like a shooting gallery, basically. Yes. And yeah. everybody else just kind of picks them off one by one. Yeah, that's a good point. On the bridge, Reinhardt is going crazy. He yells at Maximilian because your centuries have failed, you know. You did a terrible job. Uh, he also has this great head-slapping moment. It's yeah. like, you dumb coughs, and just, like, slaps himself in the forehead with his open palm, like, three times. <laughs> I love that. I wanted him to do the pop thing the pop guy does yeah. in uh, <laughs> all our other movies. It would have been a great time for the pop thing. Yeah. He tells the drones to uh, just let the Palomino take off and get to a safe distance and then blow them up. He doesn't want to get caught in the explosion. So, you know, wait till they're at a safe distance and nuke them. Dan and Kate, uh, they have gotten in a crossfire and are trapped. So they tell Charlie to take off without them on the Palomino. Charlie, of course, ignores his order and goes to save them. But Harry fakes a broken leg. He does the Peter Griffith fall like... (laughs) (laughs) um fakes a broken leg and sends charlie on when charlie goes he like gets up and does the like naughty boy prance back into the palomino and shuts the door what a jerk jerk charlie has this big yeehaw cowboy moment saving dan and kate he comes in from behind the sentries and shoots them is he from Houston too? He must be. He gotta he, be. He literally <laughs> typical <laughs> Houston. Yeah, the yeehaw thing really lo- again lost me. I'm that's three three losses now. This <laughs> is so out of place. It just yeah. seems bizarre. It's really weird. Uh, they make their way to Palomino and find out that the door is shut. Harry is taken off without him, and uh, you know it does. It takes off, but Harry's kind of all sweaty and apparently doesn't know how to spaceship. So he just kind of spazzes out and loses control of the ship. Uh, Reinhardt's like, shoot him down before he runs into us. Uh, and they shoot him, but it doesn't work. And the Palomino just plows into the Cygnus. Oops. Way to go, Harry. Great job, Harry. Harry just thinks he can like make that. I like that little throttle thing he's got. It's like an arcade machine. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it turns out just turning on the spaceship and going full speed isn't all there is to spaceshipping. Uh, the crew is suitably freaked out by everything that's happened, but Vincent suggests they head to the probe ship that had previously been mentioned instead. Smart, smart. Clever fellow. Uh, just at that moment, a meteor storm of orange nerds appears <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yes. starts uh, wailing <laughs> on the Cygnus. All the meteors are getting pulled back towards the black hole, too. It's a bad scene. The ship's getting pulled along with the meteors. Uh, the crew, they get on the people mover again, uh, but it's now kind of a roller coaster through a nerd storm. That is, and that was a major, 
I'm in a face shaking my head. I don't know why it's suddenly doing loop de loops. Why stuff. does it need to do the loop de loops? Except for like, was this a chance to like make a ride out of it or something? I mean, it's like, uh, what are yeah. they trying to do? Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they wouldn't do it anyway. Making it, transportation fun, but boy, the blue screen man. Whoo! Yeah, that was rough. That's one thing that this movie doesn't do well is. With some blue screen stuff on yeah. people, it's yeah. not great. Uh, eventually, uh, they have to come to a stop though because the track has been blown away. A pretty cool match shot. Uh, so they get off the people mover and try to run back down the main corridor through the ship. Uh, just then, a giant meteor crashes into the ship, and we've got the giant glowing meatball come rolling down the center yeah. of the Cygnus. Now, this is probably the iconic shot of the movie. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. I always remember seeing this in the, I guess it was the the Disney, Walt Disney and you, the Disney home video, like yep. preview or whatever, and they would show it and they'd be like, oh, that's a black hole. Someday I'll watch that. Um, really cool. Just just a great shot. Yeah, this is the one they would always use in stuff uh, like Disney. Yeah, that Walt Disney and you, which is a great thing. It is a it is a really, really good shot. I mean, it's everything about it's ridiculous, but it looks amazing. And you know, they're they're on that bridge, uh, crossing over in front of it, and I mean, it looks just perfect. It looks great. So, how are they not getting sucked out into space, though? Well, that well, remains a uh, running theme <laughs> yeah. throughout the rest of the movie. Writ large, right. yeah, That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gravity, I suppose. <laughs> The crew, uh, they escape into the greenhouse, which we had previously kind of had a hint at. But the sentries are on their tail. They're blasting away. Uh, Unfortunately, a meteor punctures the roof of the greenhouse, and they're open to the vacuum of space. Everything gets ashy real fast. Mm -hmm. And uh, the sentries get sucked off into space along with the escaping atmosphere in a fun little shot. The crew manages to escape by... uh, they kind of cling on to Bob and Vincent, who are kind of able to hold them down. And then Vincent is able to cut through the blast door to exit. And then everybody's all cold because they've been in space. So that was a nice touch. Uh, Cygnus isn't doing well, though. It is, it's having a rough time. <laughs> no, Reinhardt no. is getting rocked around on the bridge. It's like, uh, uh, it seems like he should have done a little bit more research before taking this on. Yeah. He's just too busy building the robots. It's like, <laughs> think about. Step one: Build a robot. Go, going into the black hole. What what Step that would two, mean? Going to black before you do this, shore up your glass spaceship before you yeah, head right. into the black your hole. Extremely fragile spaceship. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Secure your railings too, because uh, the drones are dropping from the railings left and right. Oh, man. Yeah, it is a trip and fall hazard yeah. safety issue. Uh, yeah. OSHA uh, would get him for sure. Yeah. You need to put railings around those railings. Um, Reinhardt Reinhard is unfazed. He says, full steam ahead. Let's go. Ship heads straight towards the black hole. Why not? Uh, sure. Uh, warnings are popping off left and right that the structure of the ship is overloading. Things are getting creaky. Uh, Cygnus is falling apart. Drones are getting the full exploding Enterprise bridge treatment with their panels. Blowing up in their face. Uh, finally, Reinhardt's magic energy reactor blows, which is bad news. Although it's a cool effect shot. Uh, you can kind of see down the length of the Cygnus as he's looking out at it. And the reactor blows and blows out this whole side of the ship in a big explosion. 
course, the reactor is the key to this whole project. So now they're really in trouble. Cygnus spiraling into the black hole. Reinhardt tells Max, prepare the probe ship. <laughs> um, but before he can leave, uh, his big jumbotron falls onto him. Yeah. That <laughs> uh, uh, jumbotron <laughs> pins him down. Uh, says, ah, help me, Max. Uh, Maximilian pieces out onto the turbo lift without helping. Uh, just kind of uh, face off, um, heads off. Very Drones slowly. aren't very interested in helping either. They're just kind of like doodly doodly do. So he's stuck. The crew, meanwhile, they're in the, the crawl space going along, trying to make it to the drone ship. And uh, blast door opens. It's Maximilian. <laughs> Uh, Vincent starts kind of wrestling with him. I like that Vincent when when he realizes Maximilian, his little hat kind of goes up like oh, yeah. like gets a little yeah. shocked. <laughs> yeah, he's, also, he's like, I got this. It's like, yeah. yeah, the 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 uh, crew kind of makes it by as Vincent's sort of wrestling with him, and uh, then they get in a kind of little cat and mouse chase through the explodey, foggy crawl spaces of the ship. Uh, there's a nice like uh, shot where. Uh, Vincent's going along and Max just comes blasting out of like a glass panel or something. And uh, they're, they're, they're playing hide and seek. Eventually Maximilian tries to taser Vincent with his little taser arms. Uh, this makes Vincent's robot hat pop up and he goes to like full energy level. And uh, then uh, Vincent shivs Maximilian right in the belly. Oh, yeah. Just, just, Maximilian, he lets out like like a Wookiee cry. I was gonna say yes. he, he goes from the synth to a Chewbacca noise at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Vincent may have like drilled into his like audio processing unit yeah. or something, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he he's dead. He gets sent off, hurtling off into the black hole. Uh, which apparently is right there outside, okay. like, the roof. Like, if you look up, the black hole is right there. Off to see God. The crew is still crawling through the wreckage towards the probe ship. They're kind of in, like, like strawberry jam all over the place <laughs> atmosphere. Uh, everything's kind of pink and purple and smoke, and it's kind of hard to tell where they are. On the bridge, everything's blowing up around Reinhardt. Uh, Bob turns out he was too injured by Maximilian in their shootout, and uh, he and Vincent have a little moment. He has a little inspirational send off about how great they are, and uh, Vincent is charged to you know keep up the tradition and you know keep being awesome. So uh, the crew still crawling over wreckage, trying to reach the probe ship in the red swirly fog room, which is apparently also open to space. Yep. Yeah. Why not? Uh, not a problem for them. However, uh, Charlie goes, he kind of slips and goes floating off into space towards oh, the black man. hole. So uh, good. But Vincent goes and gets him. He's fine. Yeah, no, no problem. It's just space <laughs> and insane amounts of radiation. Uh, the bridge of the Cygnus is ripped off. Man, the model work here is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, it gets ripped off, sucked into the black hole, but the crew manages to take off in the probe ship as the rest of the Cygnus goes bye-bye down the gravity well. 
the crew, you know, they're trying to escape in the probe ship, but discovers that the ship has been pre-programmed by Reinhardt to head into the black hole. So uh, they have a little moment and hold hands and the uh, ship just pops right down into that black hole. That This is when the drugs kicked in because oh, yeah. it just goes crazy at this point. Yeah. They're going through the monolith now. <laughs> This is the uh, this is uh, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this of. is the, the boat ride in Charlie. The Willy Wonka Factory. moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, things are things are kind of freaky and spinny and stuttery. It's almost like they're in the thing uh, Robert mentioned. Since Robert mentioned Space Camp earlier, they're in that thing from Space Camp that you spin around in. That's right. <laughs> the Triaxis yeah. Trainer. Uh, they're the sets. Spinning around them. I'm sure they built some kind of crazy spinning set to flip around them. It's like those old like pirate ship ride at Carowinds. You know, it's oh. also... Yeah, oh boy. Uh, this also felt like a kind of modern production take to me. Like the stroby, yes. like surreal thing. That felt like something that could go in a movie with slight alteration. Yeah. I mean, not too dissimilar from uh, Contact with Jodie right. Foster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we hear a lot of inner monologues. Uh, we hear quotes from previously in the movie. Uh, Robert Foster hits a, a nice scream in. He like puts his hands to his face. It's like ah. <laughs> uh, everything's really blinky. Uh, finally, things get stretchy, and we zoom in on Kate's eye to find someone floating in some kind of nebula kind of thing out in space. Uh, it's Reinhardt looking like a crazy hobo in like Love a prison it. jumpsuit or something. Love it. Love it. <laughs> uh, kind of Lebowski vibes. Yes. Yeah. Absolute yeah. Lebowski vibes. Um, I was trying to pin down what he was giving off here, but it is a little Lebowski, a little crazy hobo in a big jumpsuit. Uh, Maximilian's there too. He comes kind of ripping in and they, they kind of hug. They're floating in space. They have a little moment. Uh, all of a sudden, we see Reinhardt's eyes looking out of Maximilian's visor, and he's kind of freaking out. Uh, then we see Maximilian standing on a giant mountain over a flaming river of fire while yeah. um, wow. the camera pans back. And <laughs> I was like, we're in hell now. They've taken us to hell. Yeah. There's a group of like, like, exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like monk like, I don't know if it's the drones, but there's like uh, you know, an army of orcs, orc drones, whatever, marching along in big groups over this huge, like natural bridge. Oh, yeah. I was there's, getting like like a lot of uh, Bill and Ted bogus journey vibes at this point. Good call. <laughs> That's a good call. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of mountains and fire, and they're like hooded figures, and I assume it's hell. I guess it must be, uh, and and he's in his little robot standing, looking down on it all. This is a pretty impressive shot because I think they do it all in one shot, don't they? Like the zoom out and everything, and then like winding through all this like stuff. Um, I I didn't go back to see if it it was, but I mean all the model work, which I assume it's model work, is pretty wild uh whatever it is it doesn't look very fun to be in in your robot costume it makes no sense it also makes no sense but yeah that's that's 
a really good point. Uh, furthermore, not making good sense is uh, a point of view shot of flying through this long hallway of like glass crystal archways. I guess we're in the crystal cathedral. Uh, something, possibly an angel, maybe, or one of the ghosts from Ghostbusters flies ahead of us. <laughs> uh, then the Palomino comes shooting out of something. But uh, man, I thought that looked amazing, by the way. No, it, it looks really good. Unbelievable. Like, crazy, weird, and, you know, doesn't make any sense, but it looked amazing. I, uh, in like researching on this, I found out they did a, like a, an issue of Cinefix back in the day about this movie. And I want to find that because I want to know how they shot this stuff. Because uh, it all looks, it makes no sense, but it looks great. Uh, the Palomino comes shooting out of something which is maybe a white hole. They don't say because they don't say anything for the rest no. of the movie. The room they're in. It stops spinning. Everybody looks confused, but no one says anything. They just kind of glance around. And then we cut to a shot of a planet eclipsing a star. And the Palomino heads off in that direction. And that's it, folks. That's the end. I was kind of expecting there to be like a Mickey Mouse logo at the end. <laughs> or like the eclipsing planet makes like fla like lens flares that add ears to the planet. Yeah. There was oh, yeah that'd be some good. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> well, it is time for us to close the book on the black hole and rate it. And uh, we will do so using our patented unique rating system. Robert, what's our rubric for tonight? I'm going to have to open the floor up because I had nothing. I think we said murder robots. Last murder time. robots. Yeah, that we've murder already decided. Robots. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's start with plot and writing. How many murder robots do you give the black hole? I'm going to start with Michael. Oh, man, this is a tough one. And I'm going to give it a three. And my thought is this. The bones are there for something like the idea is really cool, but they don't like flesh it out with like, we don't really get to know the characters. I mean, basically we get to know Vincent and Bob more than anybody else. And there's not, you know, not a lot of humor and not a lot of, I don't know. I need, I need more. It's not that I really object to what's there. It's just, I won't want more from it. If that makes any sense. I'm going to go right after you and say, I agree. I, I'm going to knock it down to a two because I feel like there's a lot of wasted opportunities. I think that the, uh, that the premise is interesting, but it also, you can tell that this movie has been through a committee and has been gutted and it's just like a shell of whatever it was or mm -hmm. just, or a hodgepodge, one or the other. 
Um, it just yeah, it never develops the characters except for Reinhardt, which you know he's interesting, but uh, should have been more. Should have been more there. So we'll go next to Robert. I'm gonna go with a two. Um, it almost got a three, but the third act just yeah, that made it, it tank for sure. It made yeah. yeah. So Andy, I agree. I. Parts of me want to give it a three, just like you, Robert. But uh, I think two murder robots suit it perfectly because, just like you said, it's you could see the potential in it and how it could have been amazing. Uh, but it just—I mean, it just the the structure of it just kind of falls apart, and especially in that third act. Yeah, you know what, you guys have, uh, make my give me a two too because yeah. you you guys have convinced me. Yeah, it's like a two and a half for everybody. It seems yeah. like, but yeah. We can't straight, do that. Straight twos. Yeah. Let's move on to casting and acting. We will go to Robert here. How many murder robots do we give this? I liked Reinhardt a lot. Um, <laughs> although there's a few reads that he gave that were a little questionable. What um, are you doing? What are you doing? Um, but <laughs> by and large, I thought they were, everything was, everything was okay. Um, Ernest Borgnine was a little, uh, but I'm going to, I was going to go three, but I think I'm going to go two. It, there's wasn't anything. Reinhardt stood out a little bit, but he didn't push it over the, over the edge for me. Okay. And I will agree with that. I liked Roddy McDowell. I liked Reinhardt, but everybody else was a little bit flat. It might not have been their fault, but eh, eh, Michael. This is another hard one because there are a lot of – I mean, they are all actors of some renown to some degree or another. And uh, several actors that I really like just in in other things a lot. I think you're right in calling out Reinhardt and Roddy McDowell for being like the two, two that shine the most. And, uh, you know, it's hard because – the blame really falls on the script, not on the actors. Like they do all they can with what they're given. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a three because I mean, I think the strength of casting was there. I think everybody was well cast. They just, you know, weren't really allowed to do very much. That's probably accurate. Uh, Andy. Yeah. Gosh, again, this is like a 2.5 kind of for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give it a three, but I'm going to have to go with two. I mean, I, I, I still think Robert Forster, he didn't have much to work with, but I think he did the best he could. I think uh, Kate or what's her name, actress, Yvette Yvette Yeah. Uh, I think she was just, she didn't bring anything. And I think Ernest Borgnine, I, I, I don't think he, he was a square. Much. He was a square peg, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I, st- I think it was, I still think it's strange that they cast Slim Pickens. Uh, yeah, that is odd, really. Well, the fact that we got to the third act of the movie without even getting a clue as to even what Harry's like job was is probably right. a, a big hit on the script in and of itself. Right. Right. Yeah, and I, but I, I still like. I thought Anthony Perkins was fine, I and mean, Maximian, as strange as he was, uh, the actor Maximian, um, as Reinhardt, I, it's. I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel good with the two. Okay. Let's move on to production value, and I will start this one. I'm going to give it a four. I hate. I wanted to give it a five. And then at the end, the meteors and the 
the little the blue screen stuff took me made me knock it down because it got a little distracting. But I love the production value of this. I, I really want to give it a five. Um, the music was great, but also the music was not right in a couple of spots, and uh, the art direction was incredible. So four for me. We'll go to Robert. Uh, I'm going to echo everything you said. Um, it's a, it's a four for me as well. Just a few spots here and there. Uh, the aesthetic was really impressive. The special effects were great. Um, at first, uh, we had a few misses, so it wasn't quite a five. Michael, this, this is the one rating that I was thinking about as I was watching the movie and trying to decide what I would give because, there are like as both of you guys mentioned there are like things that stick out like a sore thumb like bad moments but like everything else is amazing and mm-hmm. those things that are bad are really kind of like pokey in the eye just cuz they're so out of step with everything else i'm going to give it a 5 still just cuz of what it does pull off especially and i mean this is definitely a um a sliding scale based on the fact this came in in 1979, but I'm going to give it a five. Yeah. I mean, I've really thought about that. It's and, and the stuff that works on it just is so cool. Um, Andy. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much more to add than what you've already said. It's, there's so many things in there that could make it a five, but like Jeff and, and Robert, I, I think I have to go with a four. Well, like if Roger Rabbit's a five. That's I what I think. Get, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say I mean, Swiss Family Robinson would be a five for me. You know, that's the other kind of. Anyway, entertainment value. I'm going to start with Michael. Oh, see, this is so hard because I like. I think I'm going to give it a three. I'd give it a three and a half if I could because there's so much that I think is really cool and fun in it and it doesn't like really gel for me in the end but like i've watched this movie several times and would watch it again gladly um because of the stuff that i do enjoy so it it's one as andy said at the top of the episode like i enjoy more than i think it is actually a good movie uh but i'll 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 give it a three i think okay we'll go to robert I'm going to say the almost exact same thing. It's this is my first time watching it, and I didn't. Use, I usually do my double pass where I watch it twice, and I only did it once this time. Um, but I would go back and watch it again. I think that's uh, that's enough for a three. It didn't quite get to a four, and I was entertained pretty much the whole time, with the exception of just a few bad moments. So, yeah, three for me. Yeah, I agree. It's three for me. Uh, you know, I think the one thing that hadn't been said is that a lot of the bad stuff is still enjoyable to watch in a way. You know, it's, it can be funny, campy, yeah. or whatever. So uh, I was pretty entertained. I'll watch it again. I think the the one thing is it gets slow at times. And, you know, I've put this on at night since it's been on Disney Plus and just fallen asleep while it's been on. Like, just because it's just kind of. It's just sleepy, you know, like the action stuff is just kind of slow. But anyway, three, and we'll end with Andy. 
Yeah, like I said, I I enjoyed this movie. Uh, it is not a four. It, it is a three for me as well. But uh, I there are so many elements of it that I really do enjoy. Um, but you're right. Like the pacing, it slows down quite a bit, um, and that uh, that hurts it. Um, when, like you said, there's other parts of it that are that are bad that they become funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think that helps soften the blow, but, um, I would definitely, I would definitely watch this again without, without having to be on a podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and watch it. Like, I think if the third <laughs> act run and gun stuff was interesting or exciting, it would totally change everything else. Like, I don't mind like talky scenes. Yeah. I don't mind like corny stuff, like, uh, you know, kitschy stuff. But I think the things where they're trying to be like escape from the Death Star and it just kind of falls flat mm-hmm. and it's just kind of drags. I think that's the like if that one element was changed, it would be a completely different feel to the whole thing. Agreed. Oh, that is some unbelievable consensus, by the way. This has to be one yeah. of the most yeah, we consensus. Yeah. In the black hole, everything <laughs> becomes <laughs> equal. <laughs> So let's plug this into our computer that wore tennis shoes, uh, throw it in the black hole, and see what it gets. Robert, what, should, what does it say? It gave us a 2.88, which means it is in a dead tie for the Freaky Friday Revisited score at number 15. There you go. Hmm. 15 right. out of 24. That seems right. I mean, twenty two, almost a three, but not quite. I yeah. Mean, sort of, yeah. So, so it puts it below Splash, but better than Herbie Rides Again. Huh. Hmm. Yep. I don't know. It feels like it should be higher for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we have rated it uh, and said what we've had to say about it. Uh, Michael, what did Leonard Malton say about it? Well, I could not find a Leonard Malton review of The Black Hole. Only well, mentions what? of it. Without huh. commentary. Well, thanks a lot, Leonard. Leonard. Maybe it you went into Leonard? the black hole. It fell in the black hole. <laughs> we will find God and Spaceship Earth and movie reviews. And, and Leonard Malton. Leonard Malton. <laughs> Leonard Malton's <laughs> review. So this movie came out in 1979, two years after Star Wars, same year as Alien, during a boom in sci-fi movies. We're seeing a new surge in sci-fi. I will say I got a real alien vibe. I forgot to mention yeah. this. Yeah. When they first come onto the Cygnus and uh, yeah. they flip on like the spotlight and are mm. kind of like going along the model, which is a great shot, by the way. Uh, yeah. Real alien vibe from that. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's time Disney reboots and or remakes this film. So uh, let's put on our casting director hats and recast this. Uh, we're going to start with Vincent. Any ideas for Vincent? Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> or I Tina mean, Fey. Oh, God. Tina Fey. <laughs> I mean, Tracy I'd be all for that. Obviously. See, go female with it. I, I could see that. That'd be cool. Making a smart female. A sassy yeah. robot. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, Alan Tudyk's already been K2. Uh, oh, that's true. He would be who they would pick, I bet. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. What about what about Bob? Jack McBrayer. Oh. <laughs> Jack McBrayer. 
Let's just make everybody from 30 Rock have Alec Baldwin as Reinhardt. Yeah. Oh, oh there we go. This is going to be good. And uh, Tracy Morgan as uh, Maximilian. I also had Amy Poehler as, as, as Bob. Who? Amy Poehler as Bob. If we yeah. were going to Tina Fey, Amy Poehler vibe. Mm. <laughs> I have to say, though, for I know I'm skipping ahead, but for Reinhardt, even when watching the movie, I got... It would go in, in between like Sasha Baron Cohen slash oh, uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Jermaine Clement kind of. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. I could see either one of those being that role. Did you ever watch the uh, the show Legion, which was on FX? I've Yo, heard yes. of it, but I've never yes, seen yes. it. Because that, that, he kind of played a kind of when he was in his sort of limbo place going crazy with his big old beard. Uh, that was kind of the deal. He kind of yeah. looked like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I love that because uh, Maximilian Schell, when he was younger, did look an awful lot like Sasha Baron Cohen. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I can totally That's see a good that. One. Yeah. Well, what about Harry? I got a long list for Harry here. Okay. Let's see. You got this, Robert. Just take us got, through it. I got Ted Danson. <laughs> Dance. <laughs> I don't. I don't see that one. <laughs> Eugene Levy. Uh, we go younger with Jonah Hill. Oh, no. What or is we the tie that binds these people? I'm <laughs> yeah. so or we go with a deep cut with Haley Jew Osment. What? Oh God! <laughs> what is making you think of these names? <laughs> I, I, the Randy Newman like effect. A, just saying what yeah. he, saying what you yeah. see. <laughs> Well, I think I—I I, I don't know. Like, I, first of all, like I was trying to think of like an older kind of a character actor, and like Eugene Levy and, and Ted Danson jumped into my head immediately for some reason. Huh. And then I was like, "Well, I need someone kind of husky, kind of like um, Ernest Borgnine." And I thought, "Okay, well, that's Jonah Hill." Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Who's who else is kind of husky that's not, you know, not working right now?" <laughs> Ailey Joel would be <laughs> would be the next one. We got to so. find somebody who's available. <laughs> That's right. He's our safe bed. He'll be available. We can go the other direction and be like a Larry David type. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we got to huh. get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I have one for Kate McRae. I thought Kate McKinnon would be good in that role. Oh. <laughs> Is wow. this a comedy that we're making? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. Comedy? Sure. I had um, Kate Winslet. I uh, I want to yeah I want Kate McKinnon to do her ESP noise. Yeah, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I also had Rashada Jones and uh, Robin Wright. Um, Robin Wright would be a good like yeah, in the mold of the Kate from the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah I could yeah. see that for sure. What about Charlie? We got to get the perm. Yeah. Well, I had the uh, Jesse Plemons. Um, <laughs> From uh, Breaking Bad, because he, he I, I like him as an actor, and I think he's a great actor. But he can do comedy; he can be kind of serious. But you kind of like get an like you get a taste for that when he did that Black Mirror episode. Did you ever see that? Oh no! Oh yeah, there's a Black Mirror episode that's I've been it may be like that. the season three or season one. It's like the first episode in that season, and uh, it's almost like he has this. Star Trek fantasy where he's the captain of a ship. I've heard of oh, that. Yeah, but I've not watched that's a great it episode. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. If you want to go big, big name, I had Donald Glover. Also, I could see. I, don't know, I could see Joel McHale 
<laughs> Joel as that role. All right. Let's just have everybody from Community in it. Yeah. <laughs> just Robin taking all everybody from NBC. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about the captain though? You going to say like Nick Offerman? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> 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 Colin Firth or uh, Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, I'm not sure. As a, as a female. Captain. Who's that? Oh, it would be Bonham a good Clooney role. Yeah. It would be a good Clooney role. A little gravitas. Yeah, Clooney. Clooney would be good. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe is the captain. <laughs> he's also Five Vincent Uncredited. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's, a, he's a double threat. Or one of the Weasley kids, yeah. Doctor Durant, Doctor Durant. The list was starts and stops with me on this one, but you guys can go first if you want. I don't no, know anybody for hear, him. Yeah, you gotta, gotta hear this. I got Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> what in the world? It's the strangest movie ever. <laughs> Helena Bottom Carter and Steve yeah. Buscemi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it, a lot of these are varying. You know, like, if like which way they go. Like, I, I kind of. Well, went, but if know. he's the name it starts and stops with, it isn't. <laughs> well, then she's not going to be in it. Larry David in the background. Yeah. <laughs> That's Larry just amazing. David. It's a great crew. Great crew of Jesse rounding out the crew. <laughs> I don't know. I see more of a. Uh, who's the guy that played Sirius Black? That actor. Oh, oh, yeah. He'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Gary, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah. yeah. Gary Oldman. All right. Yeah. I, yeah, I would go Gary Oldman. He'd be a good uh, Reinhardt, too, to tell the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He could do it all. He could do Harry. He could be Harry, too. Yeah. That's uh, There we go. We'll just make... Oh, he would be a good Harry. He was Dr. Smith in Lost in Space, so he could be Harry. Oh, perfect. Oh, that, see, that... Yeah. Okay. That lines up well. All right. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a big one. Who's going to be Reinhardt? I have a couple of ideas for this. <laughs> I got I got four. All right, let's hear him. All right. Well, you already said Alec Baldwin. I, he was on my list. Um, of course he was. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> <laughs> Christoph <laughs> Waltz. Okay. Okay. And 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 the and the big one, Kathy Bates. <laughs> I'm worried about you, man. I'm worried about you. Did you just? Is there like a Russian roulette option yeah. on IMDb? <laughs> yeah. Are you, yeah, what the world is. <laughs> well, Kathy was like in in, uh, in misery. I mean, she could play the crazy person. Like she can. I mean, I think she'd be the a beard. good Doctor Reinhard. She didn't have to be. A, didn't have to you know, be <laughs> grow a beard. I mean, that's like saying Adam Sandler. <laughs> Kathy, Kathy doesn't Reinhard. do like all comedy, goofy, dorky comedy stuff. I don't know. I'm a Benedict okay. Cumberbatch. Yeah, Ooh. could be good. Ooh. I had a uh, Oscar Isaac or Johnny Depp. Johnny oh Depp. no, yeah, see, I, that, Depp was sort of like a. I mean, he was on my list. At some Johnny point, Depp is old Bob. But but speaking like uh, Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oscar Isaac would be great. Yeah, I thought he would be good. He could also do, you know, Charlie or Dan, I think. But mm -hmm. I'd like to see him as Reinhardt. Crazy. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Or Brian Cranston. I like that. Oh, yeah, Cranston. He does yes. crazy. Yeah, he really well. He, bring, he has the age. Well, for that matter, if we're doing <laughs> Breaking Bad, then uh, Bob Odenkirk could be Harry. 
Oh, yeah. That'd be all good. All right. All right. And Jesse he could also be, be old Bob. <laughs> 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 Better call Bob. <laughs> Who's directing this thing? I want David Lynch. Oh. <laughs> Love it. It's got to be um, uh, Chris Nolan. No, oh, yeah. he Chris loves Nolan. those yeah. black holes, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Practical effects and yeah, lots of uh, giant nerds. Well, yeah, he already has all the research done on black holes, so he knows what's inside. <laughs> God, God, Leonard Malton. Well, this is a block. We're just gonna like might as well just print money because that's what this is. These movies, if we make it, gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are, are d- dunking Murray. on Kathy Bates, man. What's up now I'm people? now I'm picturing like <laughs> Bill Murray and like the cast of the Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> like Gwyneth Paltrow is Kate. Oh, Wes Anderson. You said Wes Anderson. Well, see, Wes was on my, on my list Wes of directors. Wes Anderson's that was, that Black was, that Hole. Was, and it Wes would have Anderson. this really like detailed tweet illustration of the ship and like where yes. everything's located. This makes yeah, sense. Yeah, Ed Norton is Alex Durant. That'd be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got Owen, you got the Wilson brothers. Oh, that Owen Wilson as old Bob. Wow, oh, man. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Come yeah, on, this guys. Is, this is like <laughs> Luke Wilson would be a good uh, Charlie. Gwyneth Paltrow could be Kate. Gwyneth uh, Paltrow is Kate. Absolutely. Uh, or yeah. Tilda oh. Swinton. To make, oh, make Tilda. Oh, if Reinhardt. Tilda Swinton was uh, oh, Reinhardt. Yeah. Make her the like crazy oh, villain. That's that's the way to go. Oh, man. We, yeah. But you still got to get Bill Murray in there, though. He could be Wes, Bill Murray. He could be Harry, right? Oh, yes. There you go. Right. Now you're thinking. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a movie I would watch. <laughs> I would watch yeah, that. That'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> well, I think we ought to leave that behind since we figured that out. We'll let the movie executives take care of the rest of that. Robert, what is uh, coming up next? So we have a double feature coming up in October. We're going to step off the season three probe ship and take a movie straight off the request line again for our Halloween special this year will be a tale of ghostly encounters and pirate hijinks in the Disney classic Blackbeard's ghost. Yes. I am so excited about this one. Me too. This is one of the most exciting for the ones this year. (laughs) (laughs) Following that, we're going to dip our toes into the inkwell again for an animated classic we teased in our season preview with fun and fancy free. And I'm not going to open the floor up to that one because we kind of discussed it already, but Blackbeard's ghost highly requested movie. So I'm excited. It More sounds like the Crawfords are excited. Yeah. Andy, have you seen it? <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, Andy's watching Blackbeard's ghost. <laughs> but with a well, name like that, I mean, it's gotta be amazing, <laughs> right? Oh, it's good. Oh, it is. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, the black hole could really be a metaphor for the internet. It's vast. It's going to consume us all one day. And yet we feel drawn <laughs> to explore it, despite its inherent danger. Well, if you're going to explore the black hole that is our internet, get you a solid graphic designer. We know just the guy. Mr. Todd Naberick. Todd. Todd would also be a good uh, Reinhardt. 
by the way. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Yeah. would be really good at that. Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with that drop shadow? Uh, he will brand your website <laughs> and get you know he's kind of uh, he's really Maximilian, that's right. He's uh he'll do whatever you need. He's got to get you noticed, keep you from getting sucked into the dark recesses of the world wide web. Make you Where a else would you find Todd but online at www.bydandbydandgraphics.com. You know what he does? He makes you look good. So, from all of us here at the Medfield College Film Society to all of you, we look forward to seeing you for a spooky season and Blackbeard's Ghost. Mighty Redfield, loyal 